Well, good morning, everybody. I am Mark Boyle. I'm the prepper guy. And this show is going to be a little bit out of sync because I have one other that's already almost done in post-production and ready to be done. And if I can do it today while I'm at work, I'll go ahead and get that posted. But then I have another one I recorded yesterday that I think I'm going to put on hold for this one. But I did mention in the other one that I was going to try to calm down, get my get my um going and and not be so you know aggravated and pissed about so much stuff that's going on and I'm trying not to swear as much because it's better if you use the F word when you're ready to instead of just carpet bombing everybody with the, the F bomb. You know, so, you know, I used to teach my kids that. It's like, you know, you're going to swear, you know, you're, you know, teenagers, but try to use it when it really makes a difference. Instead of like my friend from New York used to swear, like, I mean, he couldn't. He couldn't even form a sentence without the F word being in there two, three times. But you always understood what he was talking about. So that's my goal. And then to to try to stay a little bit more on topic, which is really hard for me to do because, you know, I'm reading two posts on Facebook today and they're both completely different, but yet you could connect the two. And and I thought, well, that's, you know, something to think about because, you know, a lot of times subjects, even from other people you might know, that seem disjointed. But if you don't give them time to bring them together or, you know, really formulate their thought, then it, it just seems like they're rambling. But, you know, that's only because you're impatient and you don't let them finish their thought. You know, I've had girlfriends my whole life that were that way it's like what do you mean why'd you say that what's going on what, what so what you're saying is it's like you know could you let me answer the first question first so it's a it's a tactic i don't, I don't know if it's a, a sophomoric type of tactic but women do it a lot just saying so i'm i'm, I'm reading a thing I, I really enjoy Russia Today, you know, their website, because they, they talk about the same things we do, kind of. Like, there's one in ten stories in Russia Today about Elon Musk, and that's it. You know, it's, you can read it or not. But Russia's, you know, Putin had made a, a statement, which I've heard reiterated from France and people, that Russia said that, if we continue to intervene and get get our, our fingers in the in the mix, that they will respond militarily and nuclear with nuclear bombs. So that was the extrapolation of what he said. You know, he's going to drop nuclear bombs on us. And and so I, I I read the entire article and and looked at the verbiage, and he basically said that his his response would be lightning swift. Using weapons that no other country possesses, 
And I thought, well, that's an interesting choice of two words. Lightning fast probably has, you know, connotations of his his supersonic, you know, weapons now. And and the, the test of the, whatever that was, the, that new uh, anti-ballistic missile or international ballistic missile, ICBM, that, you know, he'd launched the other day and tested. Which goes, you know, it'll. It's like most ICBMs, except it's way faster, and we can't hardly even track it. But then it it drops these smaller gliders, which is what they're called, kind of like an ICBM that, you know, drops you know all of its payload once it gets coming back into orbit, or whatever. However that works. But his are gliders, and each glider is capable of carrying a one or two megaton megaton nuclear weapon. Which is, you know, quite severe. <laughs> you know, it's a small number, but if it landed in your neighborhood, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't feel that small. And these gliders go hypersonic and they can maneuver. So we might see a trajectory that they could be coming in on and we could launch our, launch our you know, our anti, you know, what do they call it? Their defense, missile defense things. But if you if you really look at a lot of those, they're slower, and they're not able to react as fast to the maneuverability of something going subsonic or supersonic. I mean, so he basically said, you know, he didn't use the word nuclear at all, but he did say weapons that no country possesses. So. A lot of countries possess nuclear weapons, so he didn't he didn't insinuate that they were going to be nuclear at all. But the Pentagon's trying to make a big deal out of it and say Russia's threatening us, and then then it'll filter through the uh, the you know the mud to where it gets down to us, you know, as as normal citizens that actually give a shit about our country not being destroyed, unlike the fucking Pentagon. And so I'm thinking, you know, they're trying to make us afraid of Putin, that he's going to nuke us. Not afraid of him because he could literally kick our ass, but afraid of him because he's crazy. He's a madman. All these bad things are going to happen. Oh, my God. And it's all Russia's fault. And it's not. So I just thought that was interesting and and. Putin is very calculating. He's a chess master, you know. And so he he doesn't bluff because you don't bluff in chess, you know. You might make a bunch of maneuvers in chess that lead a person to think you're doing one type of defense or opposite, you know, um, offense that would lead them to make other moves themselves in the wrong direction. And that's not a bluff. That's a, that's a feint. But to bluff would be to say, "Well, go ahead, I dare you," and then, then he, you know, he would do it because, you know, or you know, so there's there's a, a verbal and a communicative communication difference between a bluff and a feint, and Putin does not bluff. So, you know, he's saying, you know, you continue to send Ukraine stuff, and you continue to back them with money and training from NATO, you know, for the last 10, 15 years. You know, and NATO was created to keep Russia in check 
because we were always afraid of them going back, you know, to becoming the Soviet Union, which they're not. But, you know, our leaders are too inept and too vapid to understand that. And they know the American people are also equally as vapid. And we will just believe what they say. So now most Americans that I've talked to that are a little bit smart, you know, are like, well, you know, Russia did threaten to, to take this up a notch and go nuclear. And it's like, no, see, I just read that today. No, they're, they're really not. So this is all just a a head fake and a bunch of crap going on from the Pentagon and NATO and America. But make no mistake, Russia is at war with NATO, hence the United States. That has nothing to do with Ukraine. And Russia's just not going to put up with it. You know, he's trying to do a humanitarian thing for his people, Russian-speaking people, and, and say, you know, stop, stop indiscriminately killing Russian-speaking people in Ukraine. So if you look at it that way and you think, okay, we have a lot of Mexican people from Mexico, so don't, it's not a derogatory word. They're Mexicans. I know a lot of them, like I've raised around them. They, they want to be called Mexicans because they're from Mexico. They're not Latin Americans because they're not from Latin America. They're from Mexico. Anyway, you know, so let's say over the last, well, let's not say. It's just over the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years, 80 years. You know, even Reagan, when he was president, he did like 14 million, you know, illegal aliens gave them amnesty. So they're all living here. And let's say that because we're such assholes that we've kind of relegated them to, like, Los Angeles, Yuma, and maybe some parts of Arizona, like Phoenix. So that'd be Mariupol, Donbass, you know, Kharkov, you know, that region to the east in Ukraine. And that's where most of them live because they don't really want to commingle with Ukrainians because Ukrainians hate them. And so let's say that we hate Mexicans. We hate them. And so for the last eight years, we're just bombing the shit out of L.A. And, and murdering people and capturing them and torturing them. All Mexican people and Phoenix and Yuma. And we're just indiscriminately killing them because just we want them to go away. But we want the territory. We want the land. We want L.A. because it's got awesome beachfront property. And Yuma because... We want to, you know, we want to exert our force over there and maybe get control of Puerto Biasco and, and some of those places. And then there's Phoenix or Tucson. Let's say Tucson because it's heavy in Mexican town, you know. And so we're just blowing the shit out of it. It's like, ah, let's just fucking blow it up. Now, you have to make a leap here and say that, you know, part of America is divided, which we are. See, if you look at Europe and Russia and Ukraine and some of the Slavic countries and Romania uh, what's uh, you know, there's just all of those around there that would really be like California, Arizona New Mexico, Texas you know, we we call them all part of America and, and, and in Europe they call them individual countries but they're, they're nation states all of our states are nation states 
You know, that's how the founders set up the Constitution is each state was considered a nation. And therefore, they had the same rights as any other nation or state that joined the Union after the ratification. So you look at it that way, and let's just say that Texas, you know, has been, you know, Texas and Arizona, you know, became like Ukraine. So there's big portion of the United States. And now we're just bombing the shit out of everybody. And then in, in the other parts of the country, you know, like let's say that's like Russia, but it's, you know, all those other states, the other 50 states all make up America. And they're like, we, we got to do something about that because we actually do care about our, our you know, Spanish-speaking Mexican brethren. And, you know, they've been here for a long fucking time. You know, and they came over here and, th- and thought they were part of this thing that we promised them, but that now they're not. And they're, you know, and we got to stop Texas and Arizona and New Mexico and maybe Utah and, and Las Vegas or Nevada. You know, that block of countries that now kind of looks like on a map, like Ukraine. Can you, are you making this jump here? And so America just, you know, the president, let's say his name is, you know, president, not dumbass Biden, but, you know, a an unnamed president looks around and he goes, okay, we've been trying for eight, nine years to get Arizona and this united front called, you know, Ukraine, U.S. Crane, to stop blowing the shit out of these people and and you know what are you going to do well eventually you're going to have to go to war with this group of states that can't just seem to stop killing people they've been here for a long fucking time just like russian speaking people were in ukraine when ukraine was controlled by the soviet union they just didn't act up because the Soviet Union and the communist leaders would have killed everybody and said, sit there. Problem solved. But Putin's trying to be more diplomatic about it and said, no, no, we're a free country now. We're not being like them assholes were. So everybody, you know, is all mad. You know, hate Russia, hate Putin, hate Russia, hate Putin. Ukraine's awesome. And I'm not saying that Ukraine... Like in my scenario, like Arizona and and New Mexico and and Yuma and all these other states that are against, you know, the Mexican people. They're they're you know. They're just being dumbasses, and so you have to fight them. And Putin has done that, and you you know, and Putin doesn't hate Ukrainians. They're just like. You fuckers knock it off. And every time they try to come to a peace agreement that saves the lives of Ukrainians and Russian-speaking Ukrainians in Maripol and all this stuff from the crazy fucks, and, and everybody's just, you know, sending money to keep it going like an antagonist that just won't stop yakking, you know, trying to get you into that bar fight. And while you're in it, they're buying you drinks going, keep on doing it. And Russia's just tired of it. They're just like, look, this is, this is a geopolitical type situation that 
you don't understand. And I'm not being mean here. I'm just trying to help these people because Ukraine just won't stop killing indiscriminately. It's like gang warfare, really. It's like Crips and Bloods. They all probably grew up together when they were little, you know, and in the same neighborhoods, kind of, sort of. So, but they're at war. And then somebody comes along that, you know, it's like, you guys got to stop fighting. I mean, you can go on hating each other if you want, but this is spilling over into innocence now. And if somebody keeps antagonizing one side or the other, it's going to go on forever. And so Putin's just said, I've, I've had enough. You know, you in America and NATO are doing things that are costing innocent lives on both sides because you have this agenda that has nothing to do with Ukrainians or Russian-speaking Ukrainians or Russia. You're just being dicks. And you, you're really against Russia, me, Putin, because I stopped you and the oligarchs from picking our bones clean off the carcass of the USSR. And if you do any history, you'll see that we robbed the fuck out of them. So <clears throat> you have to look at it that way. Now, uh, the second thing I was reading was kind of like how I said tied together. It's like Raytheon, you know, the CEO of Raytheon says that they haven't made Stinger missiles for 20 years. And because we're sending all of our Stingers out of our stockpiles to Ukraine, that it'll be several years before they can even tool up to start making them again or even something similar or new because they're off in different areas now. They don't even have the, the tooling to probably make Stinger missiles. And he said that it would. we don't even have the, the circuitry for it anymore. And so I'm sure a lot of that circuitry came from China or wherever the fuck, you know. And so we will have to redesign a lot of it, the, the seeker part of the, the warhead and, and all this stuff or the head of them, the seeker head, that's what it's called, and other parts. We'll have to redesign them so we can start making them again. Because I'm sure 20 years ago, technology was quite a bit different. And, and so if they redesign it, and, and he's like, we can't even get the materials to make these because now China and a lot of these countries that have cobalt and titanium and all these minerals like nickel even and stuff, we, we don't have enough of to make them. Oh. So what what is our what are our leaders in the Pentagon doing? They're depleting our stockpile. Now, I I assume most of you are prepper in nature because this is the prepper guy podcast. Now I want you to think about this as a rational thinking prepper, and you have a stockpile of food or ammo, you know, guns. Um, knives, whatever you and your team or your family or just you as a household have put together for the long run, down the road. You know, you don't just have a, a 72-hour bug-out bag. you got a six, seven-year larder 
of equipment and stuff that you know when things get really bad or totally collapse or you go to war with the neighboring group next to you, that you will hold out and you will survive. And then somebody just starts taking and, and giving your, your guns to somebody else. There was, it's 20 years old. What do you care? And it's like, yeah, it's a 20-year-old gun that I still have a lot of ammo for, and that works just fine. And they just start giving it away, and they're giving away your food. And let's say that you have a, a two-year supply of propane underground buried to where you're in good shape, and they just start siphoning that off and giving it away. And, and, and you, you would look at whoever's running your prepper group and go, what the hell is wrong with you? Oh, we're fine. We'll we'll buy more propane at ten times the cost than when we built the tank up, you know, five ten years ago. No, you won't. You just eventually, the people of America, just like the people in your group or your family, would go stop being stupid. No, we forbid it. No more. You you took us from the ability to survive. Maybe not great, but really in good shape and, and some attacks for five, six years down to maybe a year, you dumbass. You know, and our family has grown since then. Stop. You know, and, and, and then you're America, so you can't, you, you don't have any control over the people in charge of your, your stockpile. It's the Pentagon. It's the deep state. It's elected officials that don't even care about you. So now... Where is Europe getting its oil for, you know, because they refuse to pay in rubles because of our sanctions? Because our leader in the prepper group is such an idiot that he, you know, sanctioned everybody and said, well, we're, you know, we're not going to sell to you. We're not going to buy from you, whatever the correlation would be. And so we're selling our strategic reserves to Europe because a lot of these European countries will not use the ruble. It's not going to hurt their economy any to convert it from dollars to rubles, right? I mean, it's probably, it's actually a discounted exchange rate. So we won't allow them and, and neither will their leaders. Their leaders are like, no way. No, we're not getting that ruble thing. It's principle. It's principle founded on, you know, bubblegum logic and stupid shit like a teenage girl. Like, yeah, duh, we're not going to get a ruble. <laughs> Whatever that is, you know. And so we're, we're selling them our reserves. And strategic petroleum reserves were a strategic thing to where... We could we could fight a war. We could continue on as a people if things really went south on our reserves. Well, they're gone. They're just like they're slowly dwindling. It's going to probably sell them all just to, you know, because the administration are idiots. Just like your prepper group is run by an idiot. Are you going to let them sell off all your propane to the to the group next door? Because they were too stupid to just sit there and, and maybe get a job and buy their own? 
or or get a job that pays in rubles and you know whatever however you want to do that no you're not going to do that you're you're just going to say no sorry sucks to be you but all you've got to do is this one simple thing convert those US dollars at the bank into rubles doesn't cost you any more now to get, fill your own pro- propane tank. Doesn't cost you anything at all. It's a little time to go to the bank and convert this shit. Get a ruble card so you can pay with your Russian credit card instead of the American one. And, and so you're looking at whoever's running your prepper group as a as an idiot. Now, if you've become so bureaucratic in your your prepper group that you now have no control. You would look at that and go, you know what's going to happen? The big prepper group over the mountain there is going to sit there and tell us how smart we are for selling all of our propane and all of our ammunition and all of our guns to this other group because it's principle. And then we're going to come and invade you when it's all said and done and you won't even have a bullet one to shoot at us. Well, you can throw sticks and arrows at us if you want, but <laughs> we, we have weapons you have not seen yet. So if you, if you and, and the only reason I kind of hammer on this is because a lot of the people I've noticed in a lot of the prepper community seem to think that Russia is bad. Therefore, we must expend all of our reserves to help Ukraine. When Russia and Ukraine have no security interest for America at all, we're literally given our supplies, our armament, our money, our manpower, everything to a, a, a prepper group across the street or in another county that has no strategic interest in you or for you at all you're just doing it because your your prepper leader has this bug up his butt to act like he's got the moral high ground and no matter what it costs you he's going to do it meanwhile you know you have a prepper group called china that is not being stupid they're not helping that group or you or anybody they're just sitting back with their trillions of dollars in gold and stuff going, yeah, good on you. Yeah, that's the way you help your neighbor. We support you in words only, but we're locking down 400 million of our people because we can't afford to feed them and we're just going to kill them. We've done it before and we'll do it again. We still have a billion left, so... That's like 700 million more people than you have in America. So we're going to kill off a lot of people. We're going to continue to pat you on the back. And when we take over America, we'll kill all of you too. Because your 300 million people are dick to us. And that's, that's the enemy we're looking at that we're not even looking at that live on the other side of the mountain. So what do you care? They're way over there. We've got to help our friend here because we believe it's important. It's the right thing to do. See, because we've all bought into this principle of madness called the right thing to do. I don't care about Ukraine. I really don't care about Russia. 
I don't give two flying shits about NATO. It's all over there in a part of the world that I don't give a fuck about. Because when I analyze it, I have China on one side who are really murderous, uncaring communist dicks. And over here on the other side of the mountain on the preppers group to my east is Russia who are trying to defend themselves against NATO, which is from another prepper group that we don't even know about. And Russia is saying, hey, we're trying to be like America used to be, free, independent, rights. And we're taking care of those people that speak our language and, and love us. You know, that used to be our brothers. The China Prepper Group have never been our brothers. They're from China. Their history is older than ours. So you have to draw these lines and connect the dots in a kind of a hard way because the world has become very complicated. And yet you can boil it down to three or four big prepper groups. And the one to your east called Russia is fighting a, a, a nobody. They're, they're fighting termites, really, as far as I'm concerned. And when I think about them, they're a prepper group that I could do business with. Their leader is, is a compassionate Christian. He's fighting this war with his hands tied behind his back, trying to keep casualties of infrastructure and everything really low because his objective isn't like America's one-world domination fucking agenda. So if you have to sit there and, you know, and I've read a lot of these end of the world books where prepper groups will maybe put together a, 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 a trading post somewhere because these prepper groups are small, they're powerful, but they're small in numbers. And they're like, I, I, can, I can work with this guy over there at that other group because he's reasonable. He's not a liar. I've known him a long time and he's always honored his word. These yahoos over there, I don't trust them. You know, they've made a lot of excuses for killing a lot of their people, but it it never sat right with me. They're not Christian. They're not even religious. They believe in complete, total control of their people. And their people are literally killing themselves, but they can't get out of that prepper group. Who are you going to do business with when that day comes? I know who I would choose to be my ally, and it wouldn't be China. So what we're doing is committing, you know, suicide, really, by giving everything away that we have in the name of doing what's right. Well, and then don't forget to factor in the deep state who want us dead. They want Russia dead. They want all the Chinese dead. And so they're working on a way to kill everybody indiscriminately and not even worry about it. But I'm not, I'm not fantasizing over this, you know, vaccine and, and, and all that stuff. I'm a pure blood and I don't, I'm not worried yet about it, but it's, things are changing on a, on a geopolitical board or monopoly board or game, you know, like all the generals always sit around that big table and, push their little armies around in their little boats and stuff. And it used to be able to do it one way, 
but now you have to do it another. And we're becoming non-players on that board because we won't have any oil reserves. We won't have any weapon reserves. We won't have any, we won't even have a bark. Forget the bite. So when you look at it that way, there's, there used to be three big players, maybe four or five at one time, you know. A lot of these countries like Pakistan and Israel and stuff, they were on the board. They weren't big players, but they could be used or pulled from to, to bolster your side or like in Braveheart, you know, if you could get all the landowners together on your side, you had a fighting chance against England. But if they start backing out or dropping off the, the board, you don't have a hope in hell. We don't have a hope in hell. This administration is committing American suicide. And we, the people, are allowing it by getting all caught up in the Elon Musk buying Twitter. Um, Chris Rock and Will Smith, you know, his little stunt at the, at the Oscars that nobody watches. Fuck. I didn't even watch it. I, I watched the replay. That's the only way I know about it is because of the media hype. You know, so... We're over here focused on stuff that truly, truly does not matter at all. And what really matters, we're still being allowed or allowing to be drugged around by our nose ring, which would be media, social media. And we can't critically think anymore. We can't sit there and noodle this out for ourselves. And, and maybe I'm way too overthinking. You know, people say I get lost and buried and almost die in the details. But when you think about it, that's how we use adapted reasoning and, and, and critical thinking, you know, is to pull all the pieces together by yourself, locked in a room with no internet or nothing. And you just start looking at it and going, my roof must have a leak, even though they're saying it's not that it's condensation from the the lines it's like yeah but that condensation doesn't happen just you know when it's raining if it was condensation it would happen all the time when it's humid it's like, i think my roof has a leak and based on the slope of the roof and some of the cutouts in the roof it must be coming from over there and then you get up and fix it and it stops leaking and everyone's like wow you're so smart how'd you figure that out it's like <laughs> This is not rocket science, people. I've tried to link it today with things that are something that we could all maybe get our head around being like a prepper group and trying to extrapolate out how would we feel about that if our leader of our our prepper group was just giving everything away. And you knew that there was actually a risk to that because... That's not why you put it all together in the first place. You could have saved hundreds of thousands and in our case, millions of dollars in America by just not even having all that. It's like, why buy bullets and guns and ammo and beans, band-aids and bullets and food supply for my family? Nothing's going to happen. Well, if you really believe that, then why would you spend the money in the first place to become a prepper? But if you do believe it, you have to look at it and go, our leaders, our administrations, the people that are running this shit show have an agenda 
and we're not part of it. Our security, our freedom, is your way of life, your ability to live and continue to raise children and, and, and them have children are not part of their agenda. They're not brought into the, to the mathematics of it. They're just not part of the equation. The equation to them is something completely different. And you and I and everybody in America and the world are not really part of this agenda. And they've made it clear. And so you have to see it. You have to look at it. And you have to go, I would not allow even my patriarchal father of the prepper group that founded it sell us out that way. I would you know, do whatever I could to get them to stand down or just stop doing it or put chains to the locks on all the, the storage units and just go, no, we're not doing that. Sorry. So hopefully this helps. I'm going to get this one out first because I think it's important because Russia's saying things that we're looking at wrong. You know, when I first heard that, he said he would use nuclear force. I go, no, he won't. He's just, he's not that, he's not that person. He said so many times that he's not going to go nuclear. But then when I heard what he really said, it's like, well, that is scary. You know, we're on a countdown clock. America will try a false flag with nukes and America will do all these things because we're lying assholes. And our track record is such for the last 90 to 100 years that we cannot be trusted with something as precious as the truth. So start thinking for yourself. And, and uh, putting the pieces together, I can only say so many things. Other podcasters you like can only say certain things. And if you tune out from everything that's bullshit and start looking at actual facts, which you can only get through trusted podcasters and thinkers and just doing your own cursory investigation, you'll boil it down pretty quick to say no matter how this shakes out, it's not going to be good for me and my family. And then start, not just start, but level up on your prepping. Because we're going to be on our own. You know, the, the deep state has said, I want you all dead. Bill Gates has said, I want you all dead. So you're pretty sure the agenda on their end is that you die. You and everyone you care about dies. They want you dead. That's what dead means, to die. Like in you know, Independence Day when the president's, you know, wrapped up in that bug thing that alien and he's like you know what what do you want of us and he goes i want you to die that's that's deep state they want you dead so there's not a question what the deep state thinks about you and your precious children and your grandchildren and your wife and her family and your family if you put them all in a bowl and said do you really want us you know to to die yeah yeah i do you know starting with you and then all your children you know, I'm not going to make you watch because I don't care. My goal is that you're dead. You know, it's not vindictive. It's just, I want you dead. You're in my way. It's like mowing the grass and running over an anthill. You don't really give a shit. You don't even think about it. It wasn't vengeance. It's just like, oh, they're dead. You pour a bunch of green light on it and they die. There, done and done. So you have to get to that point in life to where you say, I can't change anything. I can't change 
the trajectory of this bullet that's already left the gun. And I can't take it back. Your opinion means dick to all of them. And, and, and to think that you're going to vote or argue or change the outcome is a fool's errand. Now all you can do is be ready to duck and hope you live. Because you can talk until you're blue in the face like I've been doing for years on keto and nutrition and legal issues and fighting bureaucracy at a local level to where maybe we can claw something together. It's past that. The countdown clock is going down. You can't stop it. You don't even know where it is to put your finger in the gears and stop the countdown clock. It's just, you are not. I don't know how to put it any other way than you and I are not just insignificant. We are irrelevant, unimportant, and non-existent to them. Just like you worrying about running over an ant when you back your car up out of a driveway. Oops. And it's like, what are you going to do about that ant you just killed? It's like, I think we need to get rid of all of them. And then I don't have to feel bad for running over an ant. We are that unimportant to them. So hopefully this sparks you to go, you know what? Fuck Johnny Depp and his divorce. Fuck Will Smith and Chris Rock. Fuck all this Elon Musk and taking Twitter back and will it or will it not give you free speech? Who the fuck cares? Your free speech and your freedom and your rights are not existent to them. You have them. And if we had fought for them 50, 60 years ago, we might still have them. But to your enemy, it doesn't matter. You're like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm still going to kick your ass. And, you know, this big guy that's eight, nine feet tall and just built like, you know, a brick house. He's got you by the throat. He's holding you over a fucking building while he's taking his other fist and beating the shit out of you. And when you say, hey... I have rights. Do you think that even sinks in to anything that would make him not hit you one more time before he drops you? No. Just like control freaks in a rape situation or a hostage situation, you can plead and cry like a little whiny bitch all you want. Please, why are you doing this? Let me go. I won't tell anyone. None of those are points that matter in this equation. He's still going to rape you because he's getting off on it. And then he'll probably kill you because you saw his face and maybe you even know his name. And then he's going to go kill your family just because he's maybe like smoking a cigarette after sex. You have no input. I don't know how to make it any clearer than if, I guess, to say, you know, we could say, well, you can't stop the rain or you can't stop the weather and all that. Can you stop the sun from being hot? No. That's where we are. We're insignificant to what is now in place. You can blame Satan. You can blame God. You can blame it on the Illuminati or the deep state or all this shit. It doesn't matter because if you actually met the person that was going to pull the button or the trigger, like that eight-foot guy that's smashing your face... <laughs> It's not going to matter. So who fucking cares who they are? They are who they are. And we are the collateral damage of their plan. 
and you will not change it any more than a nuclear bomb going off in the state next door to you and the wind coming and killing you with nuclear fallout. Nothing you can do about it. Nothing. Trying to really verbalize the reality of what the word nothing means. You're as important as a, as, a, as a bug in a bottle. You can run around circles all you want and try to climb and, you know, maybe yell and bug yelling, you know, at all the things you see outside the jar. Like, hey, Bob, come get me out. That's where we're at. We're, we're, we're lab rats and we're about to be exterminated. So think about that and stop worrying about shit that does not affect you and your family. And be ready to crawl in a very deep hole or up into a mountain to where they can't get you. Eventually, they're still going to find you and kill you. But at least that might give you five more years to raise your grandchildren. So anyway, I love you guys all. Take care. Bye-bye. We made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. We invade our space and we fall back. This is so nuts. I mean, listen. Listen to what you're saying. The line must be drawn here, this far, no further.